Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the Fast Get Rewatch podcast. Ooh, I spring break. Well, <laughs> spring break. No, no spring break. Get back to work. Damn it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm your host, Cartmore Hats, and joining me as usual is Red Nightmare. Hello. I already did my scream, so I'm sorry. It's that guy. That guy. I scream, I, I scream prematurely. <laughs> like, it's all have, it happens to all of us. <laughs> but yeah, this is episode 9, and this is about the episode DNA Mad Scientist. Remember when we said they were using placeholder names for their episode titles? Yeah, it shows. <laughs> it does a little bit, but that's okay. That's fine. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today, and it's a good episode, I thought, but... Mm-hmm. And but expect Dutch hyper Oh, no. Week. So, to get us off to our start, we have... Well, i just say, this episode, by the way, features a lot more of Jim Henson's uh, yes. creature shop work, which is very good, and we'll probably be talking about that quite a lot. There's a bit of uh, more character interactions, a little bit of a change-up from previous episodes. We see what lengths people are willing to go to to get things done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's only basically a couple of locations. We've got uh, Moya and, well, we've got where we start off, which is on an asteroid that Moya is orbiting. Beautiful CG shot. Very nice CG shot. But inside there is kind of a, I guess you would call it a laboratory. Yeah, it's, uh, it's some sort of medical lab. And we start off with John getting a needle poked into his eye. <laughs> Oh. How uncomfortable were you? So uncomfortable. Like they, it's clearly like an effect, CG or mm-hmm. something, to make it look like the needle actually goes into his eye because I was expecting them to cut away. Like It, it shows a needle approaching yeah. his eye. I was like, okay, they're going to cut here to another Oops. shot, and it's implied that it goes in. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> right into that into and- that eyeball. Just, just a note. It's a very, that's a very big syringe. Just so you know, that's yeah, not standard. That's not okay. Size syringe. That's not for some a... reason, it doesn't cause their eyes to bleed profusely. I, I don't know. Um, space science. <laughs> yeah, expect me to jump in a lot with biology here. Yeah, that's fair. Because remember that when we've had physics rounds, that's been me. But uh, Red is a biologist, so yes, this, this is my, uh, this, this is, is my uh, playground. <laughs> but what is actually going on is there's a alien scientist called Namtar, who is one of the aforementioned creature shop. God, he looks amazing. He's really good. So, okay, as a quick description, he's he's really tall. He's like seven or eight feet tall because he's clearly the actor in the suit is wearing stilts or like those. Some sort of stilts, which make it look like he has double knees. Yes. Um, And he has a large head with a sort of uh, oval bits in the center, but it sort of goes out wide, almost like a kind of looks like a bat. Kind yeah, of shaped head, but uh, with sort of ears sculpted into the side of the head. I, I, seriously, look this guy up. Yeah, look holy up. crap, he looks good. His expressions as well. Yeah, the actor in there is. He, he, they have limited movement, especially because the mouth is done by animatronics. Clearly, yes, but so well done. Yeah, and I also like that the way he moves is part of the acting. He's not just standing there and, you know, going lumbering around. He actually sort mm-hmm. of has a bit more fluid movement to him and his gestures and all that. And that's that's really good. Amazing. Yeah. So what but what's going on is uh Namtar, his name is, and he's taking DNA from the crew with a needle to the eye, and then mm-hmm. he will put the genetic data from them into his database to give them the location of their home worlds and you know figure out how they can get home because apparently you can map that genetically which 
Okay, I'll, I'll believe that. I mean, the... Uh, having enough data, you can triangulate things like that. Yeah, the idea that I got was that, okay, he's, go he's got a database of genetic backgrounds and where, you know, certain uh, DNA strains come from. 11 million species, is Yeah, that? 11 million species, and cross-reference that with the DNA he gives him. It's like, okay, you're here, you can go here, because remember they're in the uncharted territory, so they don't really know where they are. And the reason they have to do a needle to the eye, he says, because John has like, can you just take a blood sample or I'm uh, skin scraping? Yeah. It's like, no, no, I'm working way beyond the double helix uh, <laughs> area. I was like, what? Uh, Listen. If you're working genetics, that's where you stop. I'm sorry. Hey, you the, can't go beyond that. The, the, way I, the way I saw this was they don't dwell on it very much. It's a very small thing. And it's also kind of like the fact that I, if I wanted to, I could really go about, you can't go faster than light, and you can't wormholes. Oh, that is true. So it's the biological equivalent of that. It's not saying that DNA isn't a thing. It's just saying, I'm using super science. <laughs> to go to beyond genetics DNA. beyond DNA. I'm like, I wouldn't call it genetics anymore at that point. But okay, fine. I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> I'll buy it. Yeah, again, it's, that's about the only time that it is mentioned, and it's just why he's sticking them in the eye. Yeah. That's not all he wants, though. No, he's like, he has their DNA and he shows a giant map. Oh yeah, this is also a really cool effect. Beautiful hologram of the galaxy. Yeah. And it zooms in on Zan's oh, planet. Oh this, oh, this is a good scene from Zan, by the way. He's clearly very emotional about the fact yeah. that this is my home. Yeah, because she, it, yeah, it zooms in, zooms in, and then it shows her planet and you have... Uh, Zen sort of looking at it and she starts, there's like a tear rolling down her eye. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Very um, good acting. Yeah. But yeah, there's something else he wants. He wants the samples. Yeah, so he knows that they came here in a Leviathan and they think, well, first of all, they think that he wants their ship, which obviously cool. they're not going to do, but no, that's not what he wants. He wants a sample from Pilot. A big sample. An arm. He, he yeah. wants one of Pilot's arms. From that point, well, that's when the uh, when the opening sequence starts, of course. Yeah, that's like the hook. It's like, I want your pilot's arm. What? Boom. Da -da 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 Start <laughs> Titles. <laughs> and then we cut to um, John and Aaron basically drinking. Yeah. John straight drinks without even checking. I like that. Because he usually does. Yeah, there's a, there's a line from Aaron saying that he's usually very careful about these kind of things. Which I like because he's clearly thinking, well, this is alien booze and I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure. But this time he's just like, nope. Yeah, sure. because the scientists told him that, that he can't find Earth. Yeah, it's not in his database. He's over 11 million species, and he can't even narrow it down. Yeah, can't even point him in the right direction. What I like here is that John's like, I don't even know from a close. I'm like, yeah, at this point, you're not even sure if you're in the right galaxy. Yeah, probably. In theory, <laughs> you could be in any other galaxy, which means that good luck getting home. Yeah. <laughs> He's very much unhappy with that. And Erin is also not doing too good because she didn't uh, have a sample taken from her. And she says, well, they're all trying to get home, but she can't go home. And remember, we talked about this in PK Tech Girl, mm -hmm. that she is kind of the opposite to John in that she has a home to go back to. It's right there, but if she ever goes back to it, she'll die. Yeah, she can't go back. And John could, in theory, go back. He just can't find his way home. Yeah, I like this episode for a lot of bonding between John and Aaron again. Yeah, it's a lot of bonding between those two. Really reinforcing that relationship, which is really good. Yeah. 
Alright, but... He gets a bit flirty, but... Uh. <laughs> he's been drinking. Yeah, okay, that, 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 that is very clearly explained that he's kind of just drinking a sorrow. There's, there's a small scene where, like, the Aaron goes up to the bar, and John goes up behind her and, like, puts his arm around her a bit, and then she just pushes like, him off. It's like, get, get off. off. Damn it, John. But, You've had one quirk moment already. <laughs> Settle down, sir. But uh, meanwhile, oh, God, okay. Because, no, 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 the cut is brilliant here. Is oh, yeah. Because uh, John's like, look, they're not going home either. Unless Pilot gives up an arm, we're just going to blast out her in an hour with nothing. And then Aaron's like, have you seen how they looked when they said that? I don't think they're going to ask. Cut to... <laughs> cut to them literally forcing Pilot's arm, like, they're, they're cutting his arm off without his permission. He doesn't want them to do it. Uh, I'd like to take a moment right now in the podcast to remind everybody who is wearing headphones, or warn everybody who is wearing, wearing headphones, and everybody who has children nearby that Dutch Hyper Rage is coming. Warning. Thank warning. You. Go. How dare they? I know, right? This is, this is... I got so mad at this scene. Yeah. Like, I was irrationally upset. mad. This is an upsetting scene because they're holding down his arm. Pilot is very distraught. He is not okay with this. No, they did. They did. Clearly, didn't ask. They aren't negotiating. They're taking his arm. Yeah. So it's Dog and it's Dago and uh, Zan and I and think, Rigel. And Rigel. From Rigel, I'd expect this. From the other two, I'm very disappointed. I'm except. I'm incredibly disappointed with Zan. I don't know if I necessarily expect it from Dago, but he's shown to be very aggressive when he needs to be. Yeah, but even even then, like. I, yeah. I wouldn't expect him to do this. He seemed to have limits. He I mean, doesn't lie to his, his enemies, but he'll cut off the arm of a friend. Fine. The other thing is that, oh god, they again, the puppet work really sells this because they do an incredible job of making Pilot just look terrified. Yeah. And screaming, and basically they hold him down. They hold his arm down. Dargo gets his quadter blade out and chops the arm off. It's like, holy shit! What the fuck? Ugh. It's, I, what it's a sentient being. I know. And it's like they're trying to get across how fiercely desperate they are to get home. It's just... No oh. matter how they... No matter what they leave behind, humanity-wise. Yeah, and all that stuff. And... So, yeah. That's, yeah, so that's bad. Expect me to come back to that one a lot during this episode, because... A lot of characters just went on the I hope they die soon list. But uh, yeah, so they they got the arm. They got the arm and uh, oh, and they go give it to Namtar and he says, okay, you'll have your crystal soon. And then and then Dargo's like, well, how, when is soon? And uh, Namtar's like, oh, you don't trust me? And, like, and it's like, no, he doesn't trust you. Weird, he'll cut off an arm before he trusts you. <laughs> like I said, it's Again, the, the, the trying to set up just how desperate they are, but it comes off a little strong, I'll it's, be honest. They're a bunch of assholes, yeah. seriously. So, this, yeah. This, this destroyed any any affection I had for these characters, I'm sorry. Like, Rigel's the only one I, that hasn't destroyed it, because this is what he'd do. Yeah. It makes sense for him. Exactly, I expect this from Rigel. Uh, the other thing is it also shows how they actually see Pilot. As yeah, because... We learned that apparently they don't see him uh, them as more than a servant. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, I mean, if they like can just a slave. Straight, apparently, if they can just straight up do this, then yeah. But there's a there's a small thing here when they give him the arm, they walk away, 
waiting for they're going to go wait for Namtar to give them the crystal with the you know, maps and stuff in it, and then he says, "Okay, this this arm should be this arm should be good because there's an experiment oh, yeah. is, that is not working." And okay, we go through like another door in his laboratory, and holy, <laughs> there's a mass of like it, it, it's weird like, looking it's body a... parts with about like. Two faces. Two, two faces, like multiple mouths, Squeezing eyes. in pain. And there's a little bit of it that looks somewhat like Pilot with like the domed mm -hmm. top. And the arms. And the arms. And it's, you know, screaming in pain and stuff. It's like, oh, oh okay. Oh. Oh, oh. oh this, 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 this seems good. There's nothing yeah. possibly can go wrong here. Oh, 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 oh. That, that also got me. It's like, yeah, that was like... Ooh. So clearly, mm -hmm. as if we couldn't, as if you hadn't figured this out already by simply by the way Namtar says you don't trust me, Namtar is not to be trusted. <laughs> no, he's he's the bad guy of this story. Yeah, um, and we're back on Moya, and now Crichton, <laughs> yeah, Crichton is calling everyone on their shit basically. Yeah, Crichton. <laughs> Actually, Crichton is basically he's basically head to Pilot and asking him like, how are you doing? And Pilot is remarkably okay with it like yeah. creepy okay yeah john john is kind of getting mad and is upset that pilot isn't upset you know yeah he's like how can you not be impossibly mad at this yeah and i like that john is impossibly mad at this he doesn't agree with it it's i i'm just glad that not everyone is okay with this you know <laughs> we... oh no definitely there's only three people who are okay with this yeah and pilot is not one of them we'll find out later on but Pilot says that, well, his first duty is to the Leviathan and then to its crew. Mm -hmm. And he really seems to be kind of subservient to, uh, certainly at least somewhat by design. Yeah, and what he also says is that his species apparently can't travel to space. Yeah, not by and themselves. By volunteering as a pilot is apparently the only way to get up into the stars. And so it's, it's a price they pay. Yeah, and he's prepared to, yeah, apparently prepared to pay anything just to do that. No matter what your crew does. Yeah, apparent, apparently so. It's it's a it's a weird thing because it's like he'll undergo anything just to see the stars. It's wow. Mm. Yeah, what lengths are you willing to go to? I guess. Yeah, a lot apparently. Oh, by the way, there's a very cool uh, pan out shot right before this scene where we pan out from the planet back to Moya. Oh yeah. Actually, apparently the city, uh, the the location that Mantar's. Um, Lab is in is a skull of what looks like a dragon. Yeah, like the giant skull inside, like that is sort of halfway buried in the asteroid. It's mm. it's really cool. And is, I mean, if you've seen um, Pacific Rim, I think there's yeah. a, there's a scene in there where you see something similar. And it is literally never brought up. So <laughs> no, I like that. But it's it's a, like, it's a cool shot. Yeah, we'll just put it in there just as a bit of extra extra background. And that's it. But yeah, so yeah, Crichton is talking to pilot and. Like you said, but Eren has also confronted uh, Zan and Dargo mm -hmm. about this, and says, "How could you attack one of your your own who is defenseless?" And that's the thing: Pilot is defenseless in his, you know, in his command seat or in his in his pilot seat. He can't go seat. anywhere. No, he can't move. He doesn't have any form of defenses. But and so they just, yeah, they chopped a defenseless guy's arm off. Mm -hmm. Just because they wanted to get home. Yeah. And I like this because it's like, ah, oh, it's Aaron. It's Aaron showing compassion for someone else and for Pilot, 
in particular who we've mm-hmm. seen her bonding with and actually dargo is a bit surprised as well he says compassion from a peacekeeper and she's, she's like compassion for a comrade yeah, yeah. and so dargo says that <laughs> he would have done the same to anyone <laughs> it's like i'm dargo I'm not sure really? I like. I'm not sure I like your attitude here. And fella. then Zan's like, I I understand what's bothering you, child. You can't get home, but don't de- deny us this. I'm like, fuck you, Zan. Seriously. Like, yeah, no. Come on. Don't. Yes, deny- chopping off an arm. Oh yeah, no. That's sure. Fine. Go ahead. But uh, the deed is done, and it looks like Zan, Rigel, and Dargo will be going home. And so Crichton asks Aaron to come and have a drink with him because soon it'll just be the two of them. At this point, he is smashed drunk. Oh, he's hella drunk. He is. <laughs> he is wasted. Wasted. But uh, this scene is we see just John drinking on Moya and then Aaron sort of comes in and it it looks like she's not going to stay because she <laughs> does want to hang around the very drunk John. <laughs> it's like, I have better things to do. But then they start talking about how they're going to be the only two left and all that, and she stays with him and has... This is actually another nice scene where she's talking about how not only are Zan, Dargo, and Rigel going home now, one day John will go home. And yeah. he's like, well, if I find a way. But she says that, well, she's always been a peacekeeper and part of a team, part of a unit, part of a squad or whatever, never by herself. Mm-hmm. She said she's never been alone. Never. Which I thought was interesting. Like, literally never been alone. And you get... That's why it's been so hard for her to be separated from everybody. Yeah. And now she feels like, clearly, as we saw earlier, she feels that everyone else is a comrade, which is why she's so upset Why, with uh, Zan and Dago cutting off Pilot's arm. But now it seems like they're going to go. So as soon as she finds... And somewhere else she can feel at home, everyone else starts to leave, and she's worried that she's going to be left by herself. Yeah, and because... what I really like in the scene, two things. One is that Erin, as John is standing there, she picks up the bottle and basically <laughs> takes it away from John. She takes a drink herself, but it's very clear she puts it on the other side of the room. <laughs> it's like, you've, you've had, had enough. enough. Yeah, <laughs> you had enough, buddy. And also that John's like, well, you can come with me. Yeah. And, and she's like, what? <laughs> me live on a planet full, with a bunch of yous? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, at least she'd blend in. Yeah, I mean, that's... She looks She looks human. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, she's not happy about the prospect of a planet with billions of John <laughs> Crichtons. <laughs> like, okay, don't, don't go on the holidays to, to, to the Bahamas. That's probably not a good idea. But you're, go live in the Netherlands. It's, it's rainy most of the time you're in. Yeah, it'll be fine. And now we, oh god, okay, so now we have this scene between Zan and Dargo. Mm. And, and Zan is surprised by Crichton's reaction, although she's not surprised by uh, Aaron's reaction. Yeah, you'd think Zan would be more compassionate, talking about how symbiosis, all living things, blah, 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 bunch of episodes back. Although, like, remember the last episode, mm-hmm. it's, where I'm, she let her darkness out. Yeah, and I, th- I think we're seeing it more mixed into with the rest. Yeah, there's a bit more of a streak of ruthlessness in her. It's making me wonder how much of the nice side is actually genuine right now. <laughs> but Dago says if it had been Crichton and he had a chance to go home, he'd have given his Mivonks for it. <laughs> now, remember when we said, what? remember what Mivonks are? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that Dargo adds with, well, 
useless as they are. <laughs> like, hey, man. <laughs> but I do like that that Zahn at this point is like, well, would you have given up yours? It's like, that's, I'm glad it didn't happen. And she, That's not an answer, Dargo. That's not an answer. And he's actually, he's actually insulted that she'd bring that up. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Your precious ball's a problem. Yeah, that was my thought as soon as she, he said, like, well, I'm glad it didn't come to this. Like, answer the fucking question, Dargo. <laughs> <laughs> you hypocrite. Yeah, they're, they're both a bunch of enormous hypocrites. Like, yeah, I would have prepared to give this up. I would have prepared to give this up. Yeah. However, the other person you didn't even ask if they were prepared to give that up. You just took. Yeah. Bunch of assholes. <sighs> yeah, this, this, one, this one's not great around the kids. I'm sorry. That's all right. Next episode will be cheerier. But Dargo is also seems to be intent on using Namtar's... I was surprised that no one's ever used Namtar's data as a weapon. And because they're, they're discussing how revolutionary it could be, you could, you know, find... Uh, could change navigation, um, says mm-hmm. Zan. And Targo's like, nah, it's, uh, it would change war. And he's like, you what? I, actually, I like Dargo's thought here. You need, one ca- you need to capture one person, you get their DNA, and you just know what home planet to strike. Yeah, I mean, that's... Brilliant. Yeah, genius, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can appreciate good military tactics, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, but again, I, that's his first thought of like, yeah. Change war forever. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Luxon warrior. Give him some slack. <laughs> if Zan yeah. had come with this, I'd be terrified. Now they start arguing because. <sighs> Alright, we get that you are all desperate to go home, but everyone seems to be desperate to get home first. They just. Well, we'll go to um, Delvia. I was like, no, we'll go to Luxon homeworld. And then Bryce was like, no, we'll go to Hyde It's like. Yeah, I actually appreciate what Zan says a little bit later. That it's like, we'll just go to the closest. I'm like, how is that not your are. first thought? For like, yeah, or just on. be like, okay, what would be the shortest? Uh, what would be the shortest route? Yeah, you, you could also go with that one. Like everybody, the last person will be will be home as soon as possible. That yeah. would also work. Exactly. Yeah, they're going to compromise and you know go to the closest one first, which is the sensible thing to do. Yeah. But anyway, back on the asteroid, Namtar is... He's upset because his experiment's not going very well. It's not and working he, properly. In anger, he waves a hand, and his entire desk just clears out. Yeah, he has... All the beakers that just fly through the room. But he does that from across the room, by the way. He has yeah. some kind of I'm sorry, weird yeah. psychic part. powers or something. Um, and and also, also telepathic powers because his assistant apparently experiences pain while he's angry. Yeah, by the way, yeah, he has an assistant, um, by the way, who's been in the background of the scenes up to now, but uh, they're kind of, they're like space Igor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that one of her, one of her hands is enormous. Yeah, because... giant hand. He's got kind of like uh, bulbous bits of skin and grafted things, and yeah, a, like a, a hand that is like four times bigger than a normal hand mm-hmm. on one side. It looks very... I mean, very believable. Again, Jim Henson Company. Yeah, they do good work, and yeah. it's clearly like the she's kind of been you know experimented on and had mm-hmm. things grafted onto, uh, which you know he's a DNA mad scientist. What do you expect? Um, but uh, Aaron has walked into the uh, laboratory and has come to see him, and she says, "Well, I've changed my mind, and take a sample from my eye." 
and find basically she wants him to find a sebation colony that's outside of normal territories because I like this actually that she says not you know there's a sebation colony they're not all in peacekeeper no, space which makes sense I mean you'd always have offshoots of um, cultures in, in small areas so basically she wants a, a remote outpost where she can just be among her own people yeah I think th I like I like that that you know it's not one race for one job basically mm. they're not all peacekeepers although peacekeepers seem to have given sebations a bit of a bad rap you know yeah <laughs> I mean, actually we, we know this from uh, last episode because Grace was actually drafted from right yes of course sebations and clearly his dad wasn't a soldier right good point yeah 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 so we actually technically already knew this but Shush. <laughs> <laughs> listen I've been paying attention <laughs> Look, I just noticed this uh, as well, okay? <laughs> just right now, I noticed Like, literally this. right now while recording. This isn't in my notes. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and so she gets in the seat, and he goes to take a sample from her eye, but he actually injects something into her eye instead. Yeah. And her eye glows purple for mm -hmm. some reason, which, again, that's not really explained. <laughs> but... Uh, reason for that we'll get to that at the end of the episode yeah because i think i know why okay but yeah so something like we said something else is going on here um but rigel back on moya says well i'm going home first yeah <laughs> and then Dan and dargo are like no we we talked about this rigel <laughs> well i wasn't involved in these talks like true I... but yes we're, we're gonna go to the closest first and so they put the the crystal with the map data on it on a, a console and start to input it into Moya and Moya's receiving the data but Pilot says well not really <laughs> there's, there's too much it's too much data for Moya to process and is therefore mm. useless the, at first they're like uh, if, if he's stopping that if he's vindictive about the other things like no 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 this, this, this is the crystal itself and Zan confirms this and then Rigel's like, uh, well, it's fine then. We go back and we get a crystal for each, uh, e each location. <laughs> and, and then Dargo's like, he asks for an arm last time. What do you think he'll ask this time? And I love Pilot here. He's like, yeah, what are you prepared to uh, offer your eminence? <laughs> He's being very passive-aggressive here. I like it. It's like, yes, it would be a shame if someone would have to lose something important to them. Yeah, that would be said, awful. He actually says, like, well, we do next time. You might actually ask for something, uh, ask for something valuable. Yeah, he's pissed. <laughs> I like this. He isn't, but he's pissed. I like that this seems to be Pilot's way of uh, <laughs> getting angry. It's just to get mm. very passive aggressive. <laughs> I like it. I definitely like it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's quite right though. Like you asked for a bunch of stuff for one crystal, and now you want two more. Are you crazy? What the hell? <laughs> Uh, so basically, but there's enough data on that they can get one location if they destroy the other two. Yeah, so now... <laughs> so now we get to the point, who gets to go home? Um, uh... <laughs> welcome, welcome to the game show, who gets to go home? Are you prepared to murder your friends, put them into a locker, starve them out? Let's find out. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> there's your conflict for this episode. And so Rigel does the... Does what Rigel does and grabs the crystal and makes a getaway really quickly. Mm. He f runs away or flies away on his uh, chair with the crystal. And, and Darko angrily walks after him. He doesn't run. 
because then he'd catch up to the doll, uh, to the, <laughs> the, to the puppet. puppet. Yeah. <laughs> he finds Rigel in his cell. And Rigel says, I've already hidden it. You'll never find it. And yeah. floats up to the ceiling of like, you can't get me. And I like that what Dargo says at this point is like, okay, so you get home and then what? I get reinstated to my puppet location. Yeah, uh, how, how, how are you going to do that if he has a, a, an army and you don't? It's like, well, the court guards are the finest. His court guards are the yeah. finest. Yes. You haven't really thought this through, have you, Rachel? Yeah. <laughs> and Dargo's like, if you take me home first, you'll be marching in there with a contingent of Luxon soldiers. And then, well, and then Rachel says, well, wait a minute. As soon as you get home, you're just going to kick me out. <laughs> You're yes. only saying this to make And then he just gets home. angry. Dargo gets angry. He's like, yeah, that's... Of course he is. Of course that's... Yeah. That's very clearly what he's doing. <laughs> Trying to do... I like that through the rest of this... Ep- this, And this comes up again, but they're like... Trying to trick each other and it just doesn't work. Oh, these people are too smart for that. <laughs> so yeah, that's where we leave those two for now. But Erin has come back to Moya. And she's not doing good. She's feeling like crap. Yeah, and... Again, what is it with people having horrible hangovers? <laughs> That's what it seems like. But yeah, Aaron is not doing too good, and John is uh, worried about her. And he says, "What is it? You know, heat delirium, PMS, peacekeeper military <laughs> gets cut off." She's a like, brief... "Fell you." I was like, "There was a brief second where I was really disappointed in John, and then he turned it around." So... <laughs> 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 oh PMS! Oh God! Yeah, was, yeah. sorry. That was the whole point of that line. That stood for mm, damn I, it, John. Damn I was it. just, I was like, God damn it, don't! And then he peacekeeper military. Sh- I was like, okay, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I was just like, damn it, John. Okay, are you? <laughs> <laughs> but she actually says "frell you," which yeah. is this the first time we? hear that swear in the series? I don't know. It may It may be. Because I can't remember hearing it anywhere earlier. Uh, I don't think so, yeah. Not so Frell is basically uh, the equivalent of fuck for this series. Yes. But it's uh, probably something to do so, yeah. with uh, various types of rating that they don't actually use uh, real swears in the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Along with things like Mevonks. <laughs> uh, uh, to be honest, Mevonks... I... Even if you would have the option to use testicles, I would still be using Mevonks because it sounds funnier. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she says, Frel you, and goes back to see Namtar because she's like, well, something's wrong. I'm not feeling good. What the hell have you done? And there's something growing on her body. Like, she's... Belly. Yeah. On, yeah, she, yeah, it's on her, Sorry. on her stomach, and it's, like, white and sort of... Uh, kind of slimy and it's spreading out from like a point just below her chest I think mm-hmm. the, Namtar is actually at the bar having a drink and she just twists his arm up behind his back and it's like alright what the hell did you do to me <laughs> and he just turns his nerve centers from pain to pleasure <laughs> yeah cause it's she, like he can do that apparently I mean he has telekinetic powers and can th- switch his biology around or something. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, she <laughs> she then pushes it up further to try and hurt him more and she's like, and then he's like, oh yes, please keep hurting me. <laughs> it's very like, 
He's getting off on this, isn't he? Well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> uh, but uh, he says that, oh, you're still in the latter stages of phase one. And I'm not going to ruin the surprise. You monster. Yeah, he doesn't tell her anything. And Aaron heads back to Moya, having got nowhere. And goes to see Pilot. And she can... Apparently she's sensing DRDs and ship functions. Yeah. And not even hearing them. She's sensing basically them. in her mind. Yeah, Pilot is, like, confused. How is this possible? That should be impossible. And she lifts up her shirt again to show her belly, and out of the place where something was growing, there has become, like, a little, tiny little Pilot arm. Tiny little cute arm. And also, one or two of her fingers uh, have fused together in something that start is starting to resemble pilot, one of Pilot's arms. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious what's going on here that she's been injected with Pilot's DNA. Mm-hmm. And well, a little bit more than just her its DNA, but yeah. Yeah, and Crichton actually turns up at this point and is, I mean, he's wondering what's going on with Aaron as well, and she shows him his hand and the uh, her hand and the arm. Her other hand. Yeah, and I and again I like. I like this scene as well because she actually says she's only come back here and back to Pilot and Crichton because she's scared. She's really scared by what's happening. Can I say Claudia Black is acting the hell out of this scene? Cause oh, yeah. She is selling that fear incredibly well. I, yeah. I was like, she really is terrified. Yeah, and it is a terrifying thing. Like her, These weird mutations are happening all over her body and it's... She can't control it, and she's got sensory overload, and yeah, she's terrified. Yeah, like, damn. Yeah. I can't imagine. It's very... Maybe I can't. But yeah, it's very convincing. Uh, speaking of convincing, <laughs> <laughs> Zan has now, is now trying to convince Rigel to side with her. And, she's uh, by the she's way, using at, the carrot. Yeah. By the way, at this point, um, Dargo has locked Rigel in his cell, basically. Yeah. But yeah, we've had we've had bad cop. Now it's time for good cop. <laughs> for, for for sexy cop. sexy good cop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because the way Zan is trying to convince Rigel to side with her and go back to you know Delvi or wherever is saying that I could be very gentle and I could you know we could uh, do stuff. She's coming on to him very heavily. Yeah, and he's like, I I don't function that way he says the, the the line is i'm not a body breeder which i'm not quite sure what that means but i think oh he, that makes sense they it must be like a, uh, amphibious things where they fertilize outside of the body or oh something. that could oh that, that actually makes a lot more sense like i think fish do that yeah or, uh, 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 frogs do that as well there you go because they have if i remember correctly the female lays the eggs and the man then just I'm not entirely sure. And <laughs> she's also like, well, I know the Hynerian eyebrow very well. It's like, he's just going, oh. <laughs> uh, I, I like this, by the way, because Rigel is kind of selling the, oh, I'm, I'm not a body breeder. And uh, is actually kind of, you know, being a bit nervous about the whole thing. And then drops the act and is like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's like, me, have, you know, me, be intimate with you. You're so blue. blue. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Rigel. Wow. That is racist. <laughs> that is not okay. 
But yeah, he, he just brushes off Santa's like, do you think, really think that was going to work? Like, like <laughs> some of the most transparent, you know, stuff I, I've seen. I was actually surprised that at this point she didn't just basically hurt him from outside of the cell because we know she's, she could and she's, do, she's done it before. Yeah. So. <laughs> also, at, at the start of the scene, she's tempting him with a piece of food cube <laughs> because earlier on he was unpacking his stuff for getting ready to go back and had thrown out a bunch of stuff and had a, a stash of food cubes. Yeah, <laughs> which oh, right. took that from him. Because Doug was mad that... Wait, did you have these when we... He says, when we didn't have food for two weeks or something? It's like, oh, it was uh, my... As I said, emergency. in case of emergencies. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, Doggo threw that out of the... Took that out of the room when he locked him in. And so mm. Zan was sort of tempting him with a bit of it and it... <laughs> and then she crumbles it up at the end when it when it's clear that she's not getting through to Rachel. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're very much getting nowhere, literally, yeah, they... literally and metaphorically. <laughs> they're playing nice, not really, not really. <laughs> so meanwhile, Crichton has taken Aaron back down to the asteroid, and at this point, Aaron is really losing her mind. She's she's having a lot of problems keeping her mind sorted because apparently pilots can multitask incredibly well, so having several mm -hmm. processes running in their mind at the same time. Which makes this, sense, yeah. Basically, our brains are multi-core. Yes, exactly. Parallel <laughs> um, processors. And she has sort of heightened sensory awareness because they walk through a bead curtain to get into the bar, mm -hmm. and it really messes with yes. her head. Yeah, and I like that. Apparently, she, uh, she got some tips from Pilot to string her thoughts, make a line of them. Yeah. And um, it's like, I appreciate that little bit of information that uh, that apparently Pilot has been instructing her how to cope with this. Yeah, and by the way, she's also dressed in like a cloak with a hood to, to mm -hmm. hide her sort of pilot limb stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, but then they see Kornata, who is Namtar's assistant from earlier, who had the, you know, giant hand and the sort of misshapen face. And But on seeing that, she screams, which prompts Namtar to turn up. And he's like, oh, you're near the end of phase Two says you're progressing nicely, and uh, so Crichton tries to attack him, and Namtar just throws him across the room. Telekinetically. Yeah. Yep, and then he then Namtar brings Aaron to him. I got the impression that it, he was also doing that telekinetically, yeah. like get over here. I'm uh, just, I, that's what I thought as well. And again, Aaron looks terrified throughout this whole process, or mm. this whole scene. And as he sort of brings right up to him and is sort of staring down at her and... Inspecting her, how she's coming along. Yeah. She does manage to get some control and shoots him. She pulls her out of her gun and John's like, no, he's the only one who can save you. And it's like, screw this. It just blows out part of his stomach. Yeah. It's like... Just like a massive hole in the side mm. of his uh, stomach. Powerful gun. Yeah, in fact, that's what he says. Like, that's a powerful weapon you have there. Apparently, he's he's not phased by this at all. He's just still just standing there because then it just regrows that hole, just fills yeah. back up again, including the clothing and the metal. Uh, I'd like to point out. Don't it's like, worry oh. about it. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit. Okay, wait a minute. Fine. Sure, why not? I'll buy that. <laughs> I'll buy that. Uh, but it looks actually CG wise, that looks amazing. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Can I just say that? Yeah, they that the, wound is. A uh, the wound, the regrowing, it all looks fan 
fantastic. Yeah, really well done. I don't know who they got for the CGI on this mm -hmm. episode. They, Keep that person on. Give did. him a permanent job. Yeah, they did a good job. And but then he but then his side is regenerated, knocks Crichton down, and has taken Aaron away. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> so now we go back to, as John says later, the Three Stooges. Harry, Curly, and Mo. <laughs> but uh, we have Dargo and Zan have both gone to see Rigel now, saying that they give him, give him their oath that they will take him home first. Yeah. But uh, they have this whole spiel about we're sorry, you know, we've decided we'll take you home first and find a way home from there. From there, and you know, we want to apologize. And then they open the cell doors, go in, and, to, and it's like, did you, did he hear that? It's like. Turns out he's sleeping. He's, yeah, he's sleeping. But no, he's not because Rigel pulled the old the old pillows under the bedsheets. Yeah! Trick. <laughs> and and zooms out and is like, gotcha, suckers. Actually, he was already outside because apparently he has a bunch of secret exits from that room. Right, yeah, he says, you really think I'd be on this ship for years as a prisoner and not have my own way in and out? <laughs> mm. Yeah. So they're both locked in there now. So he's going to go decode this thing and get his own location. Bye! Yep. Uh. <laughs> Good old backstabbing Rigel. <laughs> yep. Like this, like I said, this is something I expect from Rigel. Yeah, definitely. Whereas the others... uh, Dargo and Zahn actually a bit earlier have talked, and Zahn's like, Rigel's no longer our ally. He's our enemy. It's like, oh, come on. Dark Zahn is out, isn't she? Yeah. Like, She's not going back into that cage anymore. Ooh. Not anytime soon, certainly. Uh, but so now here is where we get the twist of uh, what's actually been going on. So Cornata and Crichton are talking to each other because you know Crichton has kind of cornered her and is trying to figure out what is going on here. And Cornata says to Crichton that Namtar will do anything to keep Aaron because he needs pilots multitasking capabilities to add to himself yeah because that's what's been going on here like the reason he has his telekinetic powers and can regenerate stuff and is super intelligent is because he's been taking DNA samples from different species and incorporating those tra traits from them or the best traits from them mm -hmm. into himself yeah and she actually says she used to be uh, the one r running this research location. Yeah, this used to be like a yeah a center for genetic research, and he was a test subject. And all the other um, people in the bar used to be her co-workers. Like they are all apparently experiments, which is the bit I don't buy. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think that. That was too forced. They shouldn't have said that. No, it could have just been that you know he turned it over into a. Into a way of, you know, taking taking over her work. Yes, if, it's, if it had been one on one, I would have believed that. That everybody else on the planet is apparently the rest of the research team. I'm like, eh, don't believe no. Yeah, it's a little bit much. It's too bit of a stretch. But actually, what he's doing is because um, I because we're in biology, I felt like looking some stuff up, and I know some stuff from. Go on. So actually what he's doing, incorporating uh, genetic material of other species directly into them, that's actually something we can already do. Yeah. What we usually use for that are viruses, because uh, viruses actually, how a virus reproduces, it, it goes into a different, uh, in a cell, into a cell of another species. It takes over the, uh, basically the core, and it uses 
tells the um, cell to just start reproducing its the virus's DNA, and then once the cell dies off because of not maintaining itself anymore, then all the viruses pop out and get 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 doing that. Yeah. But the quality of rewriting uh, DNA is something that viruses have, and therefore we use those as uh, something called retroviruses or vectors yeah. to insert DNA into other species. And we use this for uh, mostly disease yep. control. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, like you say, it's it's a real thing um, that he's apparently doing to himself. Yeah, to levels that we are not capable of doing, actually. <laughs> like, the the bare minimum is what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and he's trying to incorporate uh, pilots, specifically the multitasking capabilities, mm -hmm. so that he's even more super intelligent, basically. Yeah, so he can do more things at the same time in his mind. Mm -hmm. And can I just say I have absolutely zero th sympathy for this uh, woman? Like, I have. Uh, yeah, I think like the the because the setup is that yeah she was the original uh, researcher and had research had done research on Namtar to increase his intelligence. And at some point, he started doing that to himself. Himself and kind of overtook the whole place. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much how that works with test uh, test creatures. Like, yeah, you experiment on them, sure. But if they become the bigger species, then they get to experiment on you. <laughs> I mean, if if you want to if you want to experiment on other other creatures and don't feel bad about that, that's your rationality. Sadly, it turns around once you have a mm. more intelligent species. But yeah. It seems though that she was that they were trying to do it. That they were, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's clear that Namtar is much more of an asshole than, than the others. Okay, I will admit that. <laughs> so, yeah, and also it also seems like he's been using Cornata uh, as, you know, a test bed for. Mm. Uh, research as well because she's misshapen, has the giant hand and all that stuff. I mean, that that could be what her species looks like, in theory, but probably isn't. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but she's gone back with uh, Crichton to uh, Moya to see Pilot to work on a cure for Aaron. But I mean, they have to do it quickly because she says if she's gone for an on Namtar will come looking for her. Mm -hmm. Or and I like in this scene that they're. Pilot and uh, Cornata are talking to each other, and John's like, "Is there anything I can?" Shh. <laughs> they both shush him, and it's like, "Please, we're working on it." Oh, by the way, Rigel is almost done with uh, getting that um, his map uh, decoded. <laughs> oh yeah, and then Cornata says, "Wait, the crystal that Namtar gave." He's like, "Yes, okay. If you if you decode that, it will wipe Moya's memory." It's like, "Oh, sorry, what?" Because he doesn't want you to be able to leave. And so he goes like, Rigel? Rigel? <laughs> yeah, so John's and it like... storms off. <laughs> runs into command where Rigel is, you know, trying to decode the thing and uh, tries to get it away from him. Rigel snaps at him, almost biting his hand. I love this. He's just like, nam, nam. <laughs> John is just like, puts his hand just slightly in front of Rigel and he's like, mm -hmm, and then goes around with the other hand and grabs it. <laughs> Just like knocks it just, out of his. Come on, come on, bite again, bite again, and there's like, he bites, and at that point, John goes around with his other hand and slaps the crystal out of his hand. And at this point, Dargo and Zon have escaped the cell, and 
are also coming in and it just smashes on and, the ground. Yeah, there's a slow-mo shot of the crystal falling to the ground and just... And you see their horrified looks of like, what have you done? And it's like, oh, what have I... What has Crane done? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is this is the fucked up thing that happened this episode, you know. Yeah, yeah. What have, what have you done? And like... Listen, you cut off someone's arm without any kind of con- consent. And shut up. I, again, I was I, w- I was thinking she'd hurt him again, but she contains herself. It's like, yeah, no, that would have wiped Moya's memory. It was never meant to work. Yeah. So you cut off an innocent creature's arm for nothing. Nothing. Bastards. Yeah. <sighs> but Bastards yes. Nice, actually. <laughs> but it's cut off. But it. But it's. Shattered and Moira is fine, so okay, that's all right. There's still one thing we have to sort out because, yeah, Konata and Pilot have finished the cure for Aaron, so Konata and Crichton go back down to see Namtar. And <laughs> Namtar's like, okay, if you've come to fight me again, I'm just gonna kill you this time. <laughs> I don't have time for this. And John's <laughs> like, no, no, no. I want to see Aaron, yeah. Yeah, and he says, "Well, Aaron's not here right now, but I can show you somebody else." I mean, it it is Aaron, but it's she's very far gone. Like her entire face, only her eyes and a bit of her and part of her hair is left. And this is so good as well because yeah, oh god, she looks amazing. Of uh, she has like a full pilot arm, Mm -hmm. but. The costuming, they did such... Like you said, her head has been sort of... It's got widened like a dome, like on Pilot's head. She's covered in purple. She's only a little bit. Only a little bit. With that. The head isn't isn't as huge as Pilot's yet. It's got uh, sort of purple and uh, grey... Scale? Not scale. Well, kind of... Slimy. Slimy skin and sort of segmented parts down the rest of her body. And... The her teeth actually they're not mm. separated they're like pilots they're like a continuous uh, piece of I noticed that enamel or whatever it is um, chitin or something and just they do a, an amazing job on this is probably my favorite bit of costuming this episode she looks like I said she looks amazing this major props to the uh, yeah to the Jim Henson company because this is I think without precedent. I've never seen anything this good. No, that's not true. Probably have. Not seen anything this good in Farscape so far. This is no. This has been like another level. I, I I will say like so. Namtar, his head with the animatronic sort of lip flap and the design looks really good. His hands, by the way, are massive and there are like three fingers on each of them mm-hmm. and they're not very articulated. So he kind no, of those, just... those aren't that great. And he's very clearly walking on stilts. The, like in close ups of his head and when he's talking, it's very effective. The full body effect is less so because it's mm-hmm. more like, okay, that's a guy on stilts and those fingers aren't moving. So that's why I would definitely put Aaron, like pilot yes. Aaron, at the top. And. And again, I mean, we can see her eyes throughout all of this, and she really sells the terror of this mm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's really disturbing, actually. It really is. And then we have uh, Crichton arguing with Namtar about his reasoning for doing this. Yeah, because he's like, how can you possibly do that? You of all creatures should because know. Because he used to be a test subject. Yeah. Should know better. And I want to point something out in this scene. 
because I think you may have noticed this as well, but... Yeah, probably. Everything Namtar says is wrong. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So I wasn't the only one who noticed this bit. Because Namtar goes off on a whole bit about evolution and, and is strife. about all species strive for perfection and no it's about evolution is about getting better and you know it's like that's not how that works okay kids settle okay, in let and me tell you something about evolution science fact time because uh, this is the thing a lot of people actually uh, misunderstand that evolution is always going towards a higher or more um, perfect form or more advanced is, form yeah which is yeah. not actually true a lot of sci-fi makes that mistake yeah, and the idea about evolution is mo is purely the most well-adapted species survives. Yeah. And that might mean that a species that is very small, like the mouse, survives where a very more advanced and bigger species, like the dinosaur, doesn't. Well, the thing, the, the, well, the thing is, is that ad more, more advanced is an incredibly nebulous idea and doesn't, that really, too. doesn't really have... You can't, you can't say that can't unequivocally say that a mouse is more or less advanced than an elephant. No. An elephant is bigger and has, you know... And maybe complexer. Yeah, but ad advanced is not really a term that makes sense no. in, bio in, no. in biology or certainly in terms of evolution. It's the only thing that makes sense is, did you survive or not? Yeah, because... <laughs> and if that means being a one-celled organism that can withstand insane amounts of radiation, then, well... There you go. Guess what? You're the winner. Yeah, it's you just get out of human. Yeah, you adapt to uh, better uh, survive your environment. Yes, that's the best it. one to survive the environment is basically the one that gets new kids, thus giving those genetic traits onto their kids, which might change a bit. And again, they're the best advanced, uh, the best adapted one would survive. Yeah, and, and like you said, there isn't a. It's not a linear progression upwards because yeah. there are also things like evolutionary dead ends. Yeah. The panda, I'd like to point out, is in some ways an evolutionary <laughs> dead end because the only thing it'll eat, it can eat really, is bamboo. Yeah. And as that is going out, well, yeah, they don't really have an option to go anywhere else. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oopsie. And the other thing is that when he says they're striving for perfection... Um, it's not a conscious choice. It's not a conscious <laughs> choice. Also... Uh, in terms of evolution, the only when it comes to like selection pressures, as my understanding is that it does the only thing a trait has to be like for traits to be passed on, they just have to not be uh, negative. Negative, right? Detrimental. So, yeah. Detrimental. True. They don't have to necessarily be an advantage. They just have to not be a detriment to your yeah. survival. So you know things that don't really do anything can still stick around in a creature's uh, biology. Uh, there's a little bit on the bone around our butts. That Co coccyx. Is the... Coccyx. Yeah. Really? That's, that's the that's, English word for That's that? the English word for it, yeah. It's like the... How do you they not notice what that sounds like? I don't know. It's probably Latin word or something. It's, it's the remnants of our tailbone from when yes. we were uh, uh, simian-type species with tails and stuff. It does nothing because we don't have tails, uh, but it just isn't a problem, except for when you sit down too hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> but that has a bit of heavy enough survival selection on that too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, literally everything he says, his whole argument about it's striving for perfection and to become ultimate organisms, like you are just wrong. 
Yeah, he, he skipped Biology 101. <laughs> uh, but then... I mean, Crichton doesn't really refute that because, I don't know, he's, I mean, he's not a biologist, for one thing. No, that's true. But then he says that, okay, well, there were madmen on my planet like you who thought uh, similar things and had no problem experimented on, experimenting on men, women, children. He was called Mengele. Yeah. Like, you're a Nazi. You're a space Nazi. I, I looked Mengele up because I was like, I oh feel like yeah. doing some trivia on this. Yeah. Oh boy. Yep. <clears throat> do we want to do we want to open this can of worms? I mean, we can give a quick overview of this if yeah, you want. So, yeah. So, I'll get the talking points. He was basically a Nazi scientist who worked at Auschwitz, doing all sorts of experiments on um, mostly twins, right? Trying to prove that uh, genetics would win out over environment, proving thus the Aryan race being more superior. Blah blah right. blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. The things he did to these twins are horrible. He infect them with diseases uh, and unnecessary amputations. Yeah. He did this stuff to kids. Yeah. Being, they called him Uncle Mengele. He was very nice, friendly. There was a kindergarten there, a playground. He gave them sweets, very affectionate, and then he'd do experiments on them half an hour later. Yeah, it's a real horror story, kind of. It's just... Oh, yeah, I knew he was bad. I didn't know he was this bad. Yeah, no, the things Mengele did were terrible. But there is one thing. Remember how I uh, how you said that you weren't entirely sure why the uh, injections in the yard were a thing? Right, yeah. This is something Mengele did. Oh! Because he was trying to... He injected chemicals in people's eyes to um, try and change their eye color. Oh! So, so I'm that's... pretty sure that... The that, fact that they're injecting in eyes and taking DNA out of it is actually a reference to Mengele. Oh, wow. Because it gets brought up here again. I'm I pretty had, sure they got, it from, they got the idea uh, from him. Wow, that's... Damn, I, I had no idea. That's, I found that. I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's a really yeah interesting detail. And like you said, it shows their um, point of... I don't want to say inspiration, but, you know... Yeah. For uh, Namtai. And yeah, but of course Namtar says, well, he sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> he sounds like... like a visionary. And John just gets up straight to him, faces inches from each other, and it's like he was a monster. Yeah. And at this point, Cronada injects uh, Namtar with... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Space Mangala. <laughs> Space Mangala with uh, a needle. Because as John's been talking to him, she's been preparing something. Yeah, in the background. <laughs> and okay, so... This is another silly bit, really. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't work that way. I mean, the the whole thing they've been cooking up is to revert Erin uh, back to her uh, previous sebation form and get mm -hmm. rid of all the pilot stuff. So what Konata has been doing is something similar for Namtar because what then happens is he starts to... All his body parts just start to dissolve effectively. Yeah. What actually happens is he reverts to what he was originally. He goes back to his original form. Yeah, it's like a little sort of... Like a rat. Uh, a gremlin, actually. If yeah. It was gremlin. gremlin was my first thought. A combination of those two. But yeah, it's a tiny little thing. It's just, But then just reverts back down into that thing somehow. <laughs> and then Granada picks him up on his neck. I thought she was just going to snap his neck. And then just puts him back into the cage. And I'm like... Sorry, I would have just stepped on him. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Yeah. Like, no, no, uh, like, get lost. Yeah, screw you. <laughs> like, after that, no way. <laughs> Even then, and it would be morally wrong to experiment on, experiment on him further. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what she's got planned, but, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, that whole sequence was, yeah, that was, that was weird. That, yeah. And it didn't really make sense, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, Namtar has been dealt with. And so Eren needs to be uh, saved, finally. And Granada hands John the injector to basically um, fix her, but he tries to do it in her arm, and she's like, no, no, it needs to be in her eye. Why does it need to be in her eye? <laughs> well, like... it makes sense, because the original was also put in the eye. No, that doesn't make sense. How the fuck does that make sense? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> like, okay... Like, I... Actually, we've been about this. We know where the reference is. I know where the reference... Yeah, sure. I mean, make more sense to, like, extract a sample and from their eye, like they were doing at the beginning. No, it doesn't. Well, okay, because you're taking taking something out. You're taking, I don't know, a piece of genetic material from the eye or Mm -hmm. whatever. You're trying to inject something into somebody. You use a vein for... <laughs> and they would work. Uh, actually, the eye is very good at absorbing uh, liquids. So okay. it's injecting into it, mad, right, but actually right. putting it into it, it's not that bad idea. I mean, th- let's just say there are ways to get really drunk through other orifices than oh, your mouth. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I think I've yeah. seen that before. Mm-hmm. Don't do that, kid. No, don't your do eye isn't uh, isn't built for that. Don't try it at home. <laughs> really do not do that at home. No. Um, so, yeah, but he does... I like this actually. He puts John gets his hand up with a syringe in it, and at first is shaking, so he has to steady it with his other hand because mm-hmm. he's also very distraught by this whole thing because Aaron is terrified. And Aaron's like, she nods, is like, do it. Yeah, and oh, and, and so then she starts convulsing. It. And oh god, yeah, it's like, oh shit, what the fuck, no! And John's like, what have I done? What have I done? And. You- Saved his life. You saved her life. And then cut back to Maya. And Erin is fine. Yes. <laughs> she still food tastes a bit funny. Her thoughts are apparently a bit jumbled. But I think, I mean, I, I like that this cut does imply that the progression of time somewhat. So it's mm-hmm. not like you in, he injected her and then immediately everything was fine. But yeah, uh, I actually like this as well because... I thought this was really sweet. That mm. <laughs> they're in the mess hall, basically, and John brings over a tray with food cubes arranged in a smiley face. Yeah, <laughs> and puts it in front of Aaron, who's just like, hmm? so it's, it's a smiley face. It makes the you know what? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really sweet. It was like, oh, John. I, 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 and then he asks her, like, what was the worst thing? And she was like. I think it was still being in there. This it didn't make total sense what she said to me. Yeah, I wasn't sure about this uh, either. I think, uh, like being yourself on the inside but not recognizing yourself on the outside. I guess. I think. I think the idea is yeah, being trapped inside her own body, mm. basically, something along those lines. I do like that John then says you would have fit in right in on Earth. Like even looking like that, he would have been like you. You could just come along. Yeah, I think. I think also. Well, what I got from that scene was the fact that she wanted to belong. The whole reason she went down there and went through that whole thing, the whole reason that she went back to Namta was because she wanted somewhere to 
belong mm-hmm. and was prepared to you know let's find another peacekeeper uh uh another sebation colony and that idea to you know to try and find a sense of community somewhere that's what i thought was he was talking about it's like you would, that makes more you, sense you would have fit in you'd fit in on earth fine you're not you know not so different you do mm. you just want somewhere to belong which is something that john totally gets and so yeah there you go and and then uh oh. then there's two things one shot of the ship flying what looks like outside of the galaxy we've i wanted seen, to ask you if we, that makes sense we've seen this shot a couple of times um of them of yeah kind of moya going across the screen with what looks to be the galaxy in the background um i mean it's not that it's not that unusual it could be that's why they're in the uncharted territories because they're so far out from the center that nobody knows where anything is um i guess that makes sense it's a it it's at an angle that it looks like they're flying above it though which mm. I don't know. There's a lot of sci-fi will do that where it's like, this doesn't make a whole bunch of sense. But no. Whatever. Why would you be that far out of the galaxy? Anyway. Yeah, uh, but anyway, we have that shot and then we see Dargo has gone to see Pilot. Um, and Pilot... Oh, and Pilot has uh, said that his arm will regrow. They do have regenerative mm-hmm. properties, uh, his species, but it, it'll take it'll take time. And Dargo has gone to see how he is. And uh, Pilot, <laughs> he actually says if it, if the situation came up, he would do the same thing again. It's like, uh, well, at least you're consistent, I guess. And But it seems like he's trying to be at least somewhat apologetic about this whole thing. Um, and then Pilot says, I know Luxons don't apologize. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and um, Dargo's been carrying something with him this whole time, by the way, like a big uh, board or with like a handle on it. It's not his quarter blade. I thought it was at first, and I was like, wait, no, that, that handle is way too big. <laughs> um, and Dargo's like, oh, and Pilot recognizes it as something Dargo has been working on. And, oh, it's finished. Uh, what sort of weapon is it? And Dargo says, it's not a weapon. It's a shilkin? But it's an instrument. Like that. It's an instrument. So he puts it down in front of Pilot's uh, seat and just starts playing it. And then we pan out from there to show Pilot's chamber. And that's where the episode ends. Fuck you, Dargo. <laughs> Seriously, like... fuck you. <laughs> Unless you multiclass into Bard. <laughs> just fu- Sorry, I, that scene really got under my skin. I'm like... I mean, yeah, no, play it, play a pretty tune. It'll be all be fine. I'm sorry, this this episode really got me salty. Hmm. I guess that's a, a a good mark to get to the episode because it actually got me emotionally invested. Yeah, I think at the end, uh, Luxon, yeah, Luxons don't typically apologize, apparently. But this mm-hmm. is seems to be what Dargo's trying to do as as by way of some kind of apology. Which doesn't really you know, it's not really He chopped his arm off. He chopped sorry. his arm it's off. Just, no. It's not okay. Yeah, uh, that changed my my perspective on the series and the crew quite a lot. Well what this episode showed or what this episode really demonstrated was how far some of them are willing to go to mm. get back. And remember, I mean, we're nine episodes in, 
they're still coming together as a crew. They're still... A lot of them aren't really true friends. They're colleagues. They're trying to survive together. They, they don't... They, there has been bonding. They have started to get on, but they're not really... I get the sense that certainly they're not... They don't feel like a family yet. No. I mean, it felt like a big step backwards from all the other stuff that we've been seeing thus far. Well, the, actually. Other, the other thing is that, yeah, it's... They're still very desperate to go home and have not really accepted life on Moya with everybody else as, you know, their way of life. And they're prepared to give up quite a lot as yes. I said earlier, to get home, which... And it also shows how they see Pilot as, or at least some of them do see him as a servant or as mm. a resource almost, which, uh, that's not okay. Yeah, this this episode really set Aaron and John apart from the others. Yeah, I... Which I noticed. Like, they, they had been... Aaron had been the old man out, usually being more aggressive and a bit of Dargo and Zan and to some degrees, Rigel. But also, they they come together a lot, and this is the first time I've really seen uh, a massive schism between them. Yeah. How different they are. But again, it does further strengthen that bond between John and Aaron, mm. which we had kind of set up in the previous episode. Yes. And, yeah, I think it also shows how Pilot feeling... Also reinforces that Pilot is certainly currently... Apart from everyone else, you know, he's mm. he's the pilot and he's very important, but he doesn't, he's not really part of the crew at this point. No. Um, and I th this, this sounds like it'll have some repercussions going forward that, you know, John and Aaron are going to maybe side with each other um, against the others in the future. Yeah, I'm expecting that to happen a lot more. Yeah, so what did we think then? Where would we rate this episode? I'm gonna go with four to five, but I'm probably heavily, uh, <laughs> I'm probably heavily uh, biased. I think four out of five sounds about right. I would, I was tempted. I mean, I was wavering between four and five, but I think there's a few things, and just it's a really effective episode. It does what it does yeah. very well, and but it fe it feels so out of character for some of them. Some of them, yeah. It just comes, as a, it comes as a bit episodes. of a shock when you come yeah. back and they suddenly are pulling pilot's arm off. And I just it really feel... Listen, we've talked about how, like, I think you said your favorite puppet is Rigel. Mm -hmm. Me, on the other hand, my favorite is Pilot. I re Pilot is one of my favorite characters for this entire series. So mm. a lot of this episode really hurt to watch. Yeah, I can imagine. Just like, like I I'm, I'm growing fond of, of Pilot, especially f during this scene, uh, this this episode. With the whole passive aggressive. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest. I actually like him, like him doing that. But yeah, I'm still partial to Rachel. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> just, I mean that's fine. But for me, like, it was just it was, and again, they do an amazing job of selling his emotions with mm -hmm. the, with the puppet. And God, yeah, it was tough to watch in some places when they're like when they're pulling the arm off and. All that stuff, and I just, but yeah, I I would I would give it four out of five, and uh I I like I said, as with a lot of stuff like this, when something kind of sort of out of character happens, I just hope it doesn't end here, and I think, um, because if it does, it'll be, it won't have, 
it will have been an out of character episode. It won't have been growth or development mm. or if a this reveal. if this if this is an, a revolution of how things are going forward. Okay, but then, it comes out of nowhere, really. Yeah, but yeah, I I definitely enjoyed it, and it was very disturbing in places. And mm. oh, and I think the standout parts for me are again pilots. Uh, character and uh, Aaron getting made into a, a pilot observation <laughs> hybrid kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there we go. That was that was DNA Mad Scientist. It was it was a hell of was an episode. Thing. It was a thing that happened. <laughs> uh, you want to know where the idea for this episode came from? Oh, so yeah, this episode came about when David Kemper, who is a writer for the show. He when he first saw the pilot puppet, and he asked another crew member, Matt Carroll, mm-hmm. he said, "Can we cut off one of Pilot's arm in a story? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just do that?" And apparently Matt Carroll's just a bit stunned. Was like, "Yeah, I guess we can." He's like, "Great!" And he just wrote the episode. <laughs> That's actually a nice one. <laughs> also, something I don't know if this will affect your uh, result or score of the episode, but. Something to note is, like, Dargo at least attempts some form of apology, even though he doesn't really uh, do it probably well enough. Mm -hmm. Zan and Rigel don't do anything. (laughs) I mean, there was only time for one apology at the end of the episode, so... I guess so, but... I I was expected something out of Zan, but... At this point, I'm not sure what I I expect out of Zan. Really. Uh, But there we go, yeah. But, But, yeah, that was the episode. That was... Like we said, that was good. Four out of five. And that goes along with what uh, Fastgate World would say. What's up next week? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about next week. So next week, we are episode 10. We're 10 episodes in next time. Ooh. And it's the episode, They've Got a Secret. And let me see. Hmm. Yeah, all right. The first line of the synopsis or the uh, blurb for this episode is, when inspecting access shafts, Dargo is flushed into space. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay. You heard me. So, yeah, that, that, that should be interesting. We'll see where they go with that. Huh. <laughs> but that'll be next time. That'll be next week on the Fast Get Rewatch podcast. And that's it for this week. And if you liked what you heard or if you want to support the show, then please do check out the Can't My Hats Patreon, which supports all my projects including uh, live streams on Twitch and other videos and stuff yet to come and if you want to get in touch uh, leave us a comment below the video on YouTube mm-hmm. youtube.com slash hats for all of that stuff or get in touch with us on Twitter I'm at Twitter at hats and Red is at VidalkanIntry yes um, but that's it from us this time and we'll see you next time for They've Got a Secret Goodbye! Bye. Uh, okay, Red, um, I'm really late with my rent. I'm gonna need your arm. What? No, 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 no. Uh, no it's no. fine. It's, it's just, put that down. It's just an arm. You don't need no, it. You've no, got no, more. It's no. fine.